But Jesus answered them, My father worketh hitherto, and I work. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him, because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. The Unification Church and Reverend Moon teaches that Jesus was only a perfect man and that he became as God when he fulfilled the divine purpose. They further teach that we too can become God if we fulfill the divine purpose. They teach that if Adam and Eve had fulfilled that purpose, then there would have been no reason for the Messiah. They also teach that Jesus was created, that he was not God, and that the Holy Spirit is the true mother. Now, many other religions refuse to give a clear-cut confession that Jesus is Lord. Some outright deny that. The Mormons are very vague and do not teach the virgin birth of Christ. They do not believe that he was conceived by the Holy Ghost. They teach that God was once a man. They believe that God had sex with Mary. But now the Bible teaches us quite differently than all of these cultish, false doctrines. We believe that Jesus is Lord, that he is the Son of God, that he is the Christ. 1 John chapter 4, verse 2 says, Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God, and every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God, and that is the spirit of Antichrist, whereof we have heard that it should come, and even now it is in the world. The spirit of Antichrist denies the deity of Jesus Christ. The spirit of Antichrist does not confess the virgin birth of Christ and the lordship of Christ and that he is the Son of God. 1 John chapter 4, verse 15 also states, Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God God dwelleth in him and he is in God. It doesn't say we are God like some teach, but it teaches that we dwell in God and God dwells in us if we confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Gary had us make that confession earlier this morning as we were singing Jesus is Lord, he is Lord. And this Bible says that Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him. Let's make that our audible confession this morning. And let's say it out loud. Jesus is the Son of God. Once again, everyone. Jesus is the Son of God. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 7 says, For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. The Word here being Jesus, the Son. The Father, the Son, or the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. There is only one God, but there is definitely three persons in that Godhead. A mystery? Yes. We don't even purport to be able to explain the Godhead. 
but we believe nonetheless in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11 says, Wherefore God hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, and every tongue confess, that every knee should bow of things in heaven, of things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let's make that confession again. Jesus Christ is Lord. Once again, Jesus Christ is Lord. The Bible says that every tongue should confess that. And it strengthens your faith and it edifies the body of Christ and it glorifies our God to make that confession when in difficulties, when in problems, when facing trials, make that confession. Jesus Christ is Lord. Sometimes we are heaping woe upon woe, trouble upon trouble, and bad times upon bad times because we begin to talk about the difficulties. We begin to magnify our problems. And the more we talk about it, the bigger it looks. It would do us all good to quit talking about our problems and in the midst of that discussion, raise our hands and say out loud, Jesus Christ is Lord. He's Lord over every problem that we have. He's Lord over every situation, no matter how difficult that it seems to be to us. I read to you a text where Jesus was accused of claiming to be equal with God. He never denied that. For indeed, he did claim to be equal with God. In fact, the Bible says he didn't think it was robbery to be equal with God. And so indeed, he is equal with God. He's equal with God in divine nature. John chapter 1, verse 1, you know it well. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So that proves conclusively that Jesus does in fact, he is equal with God and he does claim to be God. That he was in the beginning with God and, he was, and that he not only was with God, but that he was God. We can never doubt that one bit whatsoever and we must not fail to confess that, that Jesus is divine. He is just as much God as the Father is, just as much God as the Holy Ghost is. The Son is also God. And so he is equal with God in divine nature. He called God his Father. Oftentimes he prayed directly to his Father and spoke with him, Father, glorify thou me. And then in John 5, 17, verse 5, he said these words, Father, glorify thou me with the, thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was the glory that I had with thee before the world was. He never denied his coexistence with the Father. In fact, he said to the Father, I want to return to that place of glory that I left when I condescended to dwell among men, when I laid aside my robes of deity, when I emptied myself and came to be a man in order that I might redeem man. I look forward to that time and that occasion when I will be glorified once again with that glory which I had with thee before the world was. In Philippians chapter 2 and verse 6, the word says, who being in the form of God, 
thought it not robbery to be equal with God. And yet he made himself of no reputation. Some translations put that he emptied himself. He laid aside. He condescended to this uh, place of earth and lived among us and became one of us. He had humanity and he also had deity. Not only is Jesus equal with God in his divine nature, Jesus is equal with God in power and in his works. In the fifth chapter of John, from whence we have earlier read, in verse 19, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do. For whatsoever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. Whatever works he sees his Father doing, the Son does likewise. So not only is he equal with God in divine nature, he's equal with God in power and in his works. And what works he beholds the Father doing, he does likewise. He's equal with the Father in resurrection power also. In John chapter 5 also, verse 21, as the Father raiseth up the dead and quickeneth whom he will, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. In power to raise the dead back to life, Jesus is equal with God the Father. He stood outside of the tomb of Lazarus and he announced these words, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes. It has been surmised by some that if he had not identified Lazarus by name, if he had simply said, come forth, that all of the dead would have come forth. But he singled out one person and said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And beloved, that resurrection power that Jesus has is proof that he is equal with God the Father. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. And then he's equal with the Father in judgment also. John chapter 5, verse 22, Jesus said, The Father hath committed all judgment to the Son. And God judges the world by Jesus Christ, His Son. So when we consider this man, Christ Jesus, we're considering the Son of God. We're considering deity. We're considering one who indeed is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Could we say that again, please? Jesus is Lord. He is equal with God in honor also. In the fifth chapter of John, once again, verse 23, that all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father, which hath sent him. Now when you hear these cults denying the Lordship of Christ, denying the deity of Christ and the virgin birth of Christ and the Son of God being divine, you'd better pull away from them because the Bible says, He that honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father. But he that honoreth the Son, honoreth the Father also. So he's equal with God, the Father, in honor. And he deserves the praise and the glory and the majesty which we ascribe to him when we sing, All hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. He deserves that honor. He deserves that praise. He is equal with the Father in their self-existent life. John 5, once again, verse 26. For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself. 
Once again, he proves his equality with the Father when he, when he declares that he too has a self-existent life. He was not created. He does not have a beginning. He is eternal. Always he has existed. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so he has always coexisted with the Father. So he shares with the Father that self-existent life. No one made God. You are because God created you. You are because of something. But Jesus is simply the great I am. He's, he can declare from eternity, I am, and put a period there. You have to declare, I am because my parents got together. I am because God lets me live and breathe and move and have my being. I am because of all the things that have happened that made my, my living possible. But Jesus can simply stand on the shores of eternity and cup his hand to his mouth as it were and declare across the ceaseless ages, I am, and he can put a period right there, the great I am, the self-existent one. He is positioned at the right hand of the Father. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 20 tells us, he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Believe me, friends, the Father has accorded Jesus, his Son, equal privilege and position and power and glory and honor. He set him at his own right hand. He didn't move over and make room for him. He put him there. He set him there. It was God's determinate will that Jesus share this position of power and authority over the universe. He is set at the own right hand of God. That's the highest place in the universe. He has a name that is above every name. Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10 says, Wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. It is witnessed by the Father. The Father spoke from heaven at the baptism of Jesus when John the Baptist stood there and put Jesus under the water and baptized him. Suddenly the heavens opened and God spoke and a form of the Holy Ghost in the form of a dove descended upon Jesus. And the voice of God audibly spoke these words, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. So God testified to the deity of His Son, Jesus Christ, and witnessed that this was indeed the Lord of lords and King of kings. He was worshipped by angels. For unto you is born this day, we read in the book of Luke chapter 1, in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Which is Christ the Lord. He not only is a Savior, He not only is a Redeemer, but He's Lord. The angel did not leave that out of that message when he made that announcement to Mary and to the shepherds and to all that heard that day. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Once again, I'd like for us to say Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. John the Baptist stood on the banks of the River Jordan and he pointed to the man who had come into this vicinity. And he said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. Friends, I know of nothing more beautiful than for us to lay aside our cares and our thoughts and our worries and catch a vision of Him. That we can see Jesus we need to turn our eyes upon Jesus. 
and look full upon his wonderful face and behold the Lamb of God. When we behold him, we see him who was a human son and also a divine son. We see him who was appointed the Savior of men and yet was crucified by man. We see him who died and yet he lives. We see him who saved others, but himself he could not save. We see him who had no sin, but he bare our sins. We see him who was king of kings, but wore no crown, but a crown of thorns. We see him who in eternity rested on the bosom of the father without a mother, but in time rested on the bosom of his mother without an earthly father. Yes, we see him who was the lion of the tribe of Judah, but is led as a lamb to the slaughter. We see him who spoke as never a man spoke, and yet as a sheep before her sharers is dumb, so openeth he not his mouth. He is one greater than Solomon, one greater than Jonas, one greater than Melchizedek, a better priesthood, a better Lord. He is the great I am, he said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the light, I am the bread of life, I am the resurrection and the life, I am the good shepherd, I am the door. Yes, friends, he's everything that we have need of this morning. He is Lord, and he's Lord over your situation. He's Lord over the condition that you're faced with, that you are absolutely pondering now, wondering if you can make it. But God will help you make it, for Jesus is Lord. 